welcome to today's episode of Big Beautiful Badasses. I am your host, Kimberly Fleesia, with you here, as always. And today we have Melissa Chapman with us, who I've known forever, it feels like. And we are going to talk about what makes her such a badass. This woman is a wife and mother, a hairdresser extraordinaire. I've seen the stuff she can do, and it is amazing. And she just embodies such confidence, you guys. So I definitely wanted to bring her on and, you know, introduce y'all to her. So, Melissa, thank you so much for being with me. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is quite the opportunity. Of course, of course. So why don't you tell everybody just a little bit about yourself? Okay, well, um, I've been a hairdresser for 29 years. Uh, and I've owned my own salon now for about four years. And, uh, you know, uh, I guess, gosh, what else do I want to say? Uh, that's not entirely my identity. I've been through seven colleges. I have studied theology. I've studied classical piano. I uh, recently, in the last two years, became certified to do rapid resolution therapy as well. Uh, so... Um, you know, like I kind of consider myself to be a little bit of a professional student, but you know, um, uh, I have, uh, I have quite the story, I guess, behind all of that getting to this place because it wasn't easy. I left home at 16. I got away from, uh, you know, a violent alcoholic in my life, but I didn't get away from the trauma of it. And I've been working myself out of that this entire time while trying to be a mother and trying to run a business and trying to manage people which is a lot more than what I ever expected it was going to be. And, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, so, um, and then just trying to figure out where I'm going along the way. And, um, you know, all of this, including having ADHD, and I knew I had it, but I didn't know what it was, never treated it. And last year, my kids both got diagnosed with it. And for the first time, I started understanding why I'm the way I am. And that was extremely enlightening. And because of that, uh, I think that, you know, just all of these things combined, I'm, I'm off in a direction. I'm hoping I'm going to be able to make some impact in, in my industry and maybe some influence in the world around me. We'll see. You know, I think that's an amazing goal to have. And that's my goal with what I do as well, is to Absolutely. be able to make an impact. You know, and mm -hmm. I, I find that as a common thread, especially mm -hmm. in, you know, a plus size influencer role that seems to be a very common thread mm -hmm. of wanting to make a difference mm -hmm. now part of the reason yeah. that i created this uh podcast is to celebrate the plus size community um being a right. plus size woman in the industry that you're in is that common or is it more you know less frequent to have plus size hairdressers or do you feel there's you a know, stigma in there? my years of experience? Um, I think there's always a stigma there. I mean, if you're, you're, if you're a woman, there's a stigma there, you know, but, um, you, we, we obviously know that there's differences in, in the one thing. I mean, like, I feel like the most accepted prejudice out there is, uh, the way people, uh, treat anyone who's plus size. And I know men get it, but, you know, I mean, as a woman, uh, as women, we really, really battle some deep psychological issues where um, where that stigma is concerned. And I mean, boy, I'll tell you what, I got a story about this. 
Um, do you want to jump into that saga or, or where do you want to go with that? Go for it. Okay. So, you know, I grew up with a lot of very misogynistic mentalities around me. And, um, you know, my, my, I've been told since I was very little that I'm fat. And um, I got a lot of things like, you're so fat, you don't need to eat for a week. And, uh, you know, like my nicknames were like Miss Piggy and my little gordita. And, and, you know, I mean, like everybody's always, always had something to say to me. And, and when I look back at my pictures when I was little, I wasn't fat, you know, but I was constantly told this. And I mean, you know, the, the mentality, the, what I saw being reflected in front of me very much so gave me these messages of like, if you're fat, you're ugly. Um, if you're fat, you're worthless. If you have any kind of weight on you whatsoever, like you're just not really a woman. You're not really qualified to be acceptable. And it's like our value as women is nothing more than our appearance, you know? And I mean, I, I took that into my teenage years, constantly still getting these kinds of messages from family, especially, you know, um, not as much from my peers. Uh, but then, uh, you know, there's been this, gosh, I, I was in Russia on a, in Belarus, excuse me, Belarus is not Russia anymore. They used to be a part of the USSR, but they're no longer. I was in Belarus and the host I was staying with even says to me, you're such a kind person. If you could lose weight, you could get a man. <laughs> I, you hate, know? I hate that. You're pretty, but, or you're pretty for a big yeah. girl. Oh yeah. No, oh, I'm yeah. just pretty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh. I know. I know. And I mean, you know, especially from my family, I've been told, oh, you're, I'm so glad that you're fat because otherwise you'd be too pretty. I, my mother actually said that to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? And uh, I mean, you know, I've, I've stood on the edge of suicide on so many occasions because my ability to find any level of worth in myself beyond my appearance, you know, I mean, I mean, I can do so many things. <laughs> I have sought to create worth out of myself on so many levels, but the stigma of my weight, you know, like I'll never have a person of quality in my life. I'll never, I always have to take some kind of abuse or something like that. You know, it's like, I'm always apologizing for my presence, but let me tell you what I found phenomenal therapy and this is why I became a, a therapist in rapid resolution therapy uh, or certified to do it. I'm not a certified therapist in, um, you know, like a clinical technician or something like that. And I can't, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't claim that. Um, I was, I was granted the opportunity to go through this because I can fall under a different qualification as a hypnotherapist, actually. So, um, and it's not, it's not hypnotherapy. It is actually a memory re reorganization uh, technique that, um, I have never experienced anything like this in my life. So um, it took me a while to go in and actually talk to them about this because it didn't come up right away. When I first went, I was dealing with deeper pain. But believe it or not, the very, very first time that I went in, I went directly to a memory that was one of the first times that I really recall taking on my family's mentality about myself and not knowing what to do about it, you know? Um, and uh, the day I went in there with that, I just, I told her, I said, I have this pain here. 
right here. And it is always here. And in my most happy, joyous moments, I'm still aware that I hurt just a little bit right here. And so she does, you know, I call it the brain voodoo. It's way more scientific than that. <laughs> uh, but she does the work with me and, and, and she gets my mind shifted so clearly that I haven't felt it since then. And it's been three years. I can tell you about the event. It's just information now. It doesn't hurt me anymore, you know. Um, but it was it was really interesting to me, you know, even though that was I didn't go in to talk about my mentality about weight. I still had a moment where that was, you know, something that needed to be unraveled. And so I, I, I think this therapy is incredible because it is so effective. It can move traumas with as intense as break within one to two sessions. I haven't gone back for the same thing twice, but I had a lot of stuff to deal with, right? So I've been going and, um, all kinds of things I've tried before never moved this, any of these deep hurts out of me, but this did like immediately. So the the first time I went in very deliberately to talk about this kind of stuff um, actually ended up being about other people. It was about their prejudice and how it affected me. And then later on down the line, I went in and I talked about how the prejudice was now at me because my sense of hatred over, over me, just, just the way I look, um, you know, uh, it, it was just it was debilitating. And, you know, I sat down with her and I looked at her and I said, I am so sick of my body being responsible for everyone else's aesthetic pleasure. Fuck them. And then when we were done, I sat back and I said, you know what? My body has one job, one job, and that is to be the home for the I that is me within it. And that's it. And you know, I mean, this stuff is like, you know, it goes deep. It goes so deep because we get it, we get it from the misogyny. There's like, we have systemic racism, we have systemic misogyny too, in a big way. And, um, you know, uh, then there, then we, you know, then we also have, you know, the, the prejudices that we encounter constantly through media and through, you know, like, our experiences with, you know, trying to have relationships and it's very easy to scapegoat to the body for those reasons, you mm -hmm. know? And I mean, like, I would even apply that to my success, even in business. Like right now, if we're like, if we were on the cutting edge of whatever issue I'm dealing with right now, it is that I know it is time for me to start actually being on camera. And I'm like terrified to do it because people are so cruel. And I'm like, so that's why I say this is such a huge opportunity for me because I kind of like, you know, I, all right, well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get on camera. I'm going to well, do it. I'm so proud of you for taking that step. First off, that's well, huge. I, I yeah. totally get it with what I told you earlier that I'm doing tonight. I trust. I, I do understand. I'm feeling it yes. right now. Um, yeah. And I, let's kind of go into that. Now, I don't know. Are you on TikTok? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so have you seen the videos now that are coming out? And I actually, I made one mm -hmm. of women that are showing their bodies mm -hmm. and you know, unapologetically embracing mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Does that stir anything in you? It does, actually. It was one of the things that I brought up and, and spoke with my therapist about. And... Um, 
I was struggling a little bit at first because I'm watching this and I want to take it in. But, you know, I went in dealing heavily with my own mentality about it. Okay. So I was stuck. I was hitting that wall and, and, uh, my reactivity to it was almost to feel shame. And, uh, because I'm like, I just, cause I just can't, I don't know how to think that way. I don't know how to be happy with, you know, I, I've learned how to be happy with parts of me, you know, uh, but I, but, but then there's parts of yourself, you know, you change that you know so I talked with her about the body positivity movement and um, I think that the body positivity movement needs to be here I absolutely think that it is valuable and um, I, I love that we're using our voices and we're getting out there and we're talking about that what she said to me was that what happens when we focus on body positivity we have to acknowledge that there's also body negativity Mm-hmm. And we, you know, there's kind of like a, a sick sort of cycle in that because, you know, then you're always still stuck in comparing back and forth. She goes, what if we just talked about what the body can do? And so we started talking about what the body can do. Well, my body has taken me across country. It's taken me through being homeless. It's taken me through extreme abuse. It's taken me through, um, um, you know, like what else is taking me through childbirth taking me through, um, uh, you know, numerous relationships, it's taking me up and down mountains, it's taking me across seas. My size had nothing to do with any of that, did it? You know, I, I look at the, the things that we can, you know, we're, I mean, I, I've been in, my body's taking me through karate because I wanted to, taking me into all, you know, just like all kinds of different things. Heck, my body took me down massive, gigantic water slides two weeks ago. My big old gigantic body took me there. And you know what? I didn't care about how big I was the entire time I was there. I was just having fun. And it mm-hmm. was, it, and who cares? Who cares? You know, we, we all come in these different shapes and sizes, but we're still attracted to each other, you know? 100%. And I'll be honest, for me, it's not as much body positivity mm-hmm. as it is body acceptance. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, and this is something that I... It took me a long time to get to this point. Yeah. I spent 36 years hating myself, hating the body I was in. Yeah. And I did a project in rehab mm-hmm. where I had to write a love letter to myself. And I've actually turned it into a workbook now on my website. But one of the things that I had to do was point out parts of my body that I love. And Mm -hmm. that is when it really dawned on me that I don't love every part of my body. Mm -hmm. So then it became, okay, so I don't like this part, but what can it do for me? Right. And the running joke through my workshop that I did was my double chin. I hate my chin. Hate it with a passion. But if I am sitting in the armchair watching a movie with my husband and I fall asleep, mm-hmm. I have a great little pillow. <laughs> it serves a purpose. Therefore, it is a valid part. Mm-hmm. And that's when it became more about body acceptance. Because mm-hmm. you're accepting even those parts that you don't like. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I do see that as being kind of, you know, being the result of the 
body positivity movement. And, and like I said, I'm not going to pick on vernacular or anything like that. I think that there really is a good um, uh, uh, example there of kind of how we get stuck in these dichotomies a little bit. Like one of the things that really sort of caused me to sort of think uh, uh, think bigger, look for other, other uh, answers was like the idea that it's not about being right or wrong. It's about being loved. You know, we don't really, act, we don't, most of us don't make decisions based on whether or not they're right or wrong. We, we make those decisions based off of, you know, I love this or I'm surviving this or I'm angry right now or I'm, I need a situation, whatever's best for us in the moment. And, you know, we've, we've been taught to reject ourselves so much like, yeah, we, like, what is acceptance anymore? It's um, sometimes hard to even think of what it would be like to just accept this, but then I go, when I am thinking of it in a different sort of way, hmm, how would I put this? I, I would actually put it like this. I have a body, but I'm not this body. And if you were to come to me right now and you were missing an arm, I wouldn't go, Kim, I need you to go and get the rest of you because I need you to be whole while you're with me. You know what I'm saying? I get that you're all there because you're so much more than that body. And I'm so much more than this body. And my fear of expressing myself past this is just because of people, my, my experience of people relating only with my skin and not with who I am. And it really caused me to step back and go, I think this might just be something that is going to be somewhat of a measuring stick relationship. Because if someone is literally going to only relate to me based on my skin, you are not worth my time. You Please know say I mean? that louder for the people in the back. Right? You know. Oh my God! Yes. You, because if you know me, if, I, if you if you just took the time to hang out and know me, I'm one of the best friends you might ever have. But if all your if if, if my worth is only What's going on here with my skin? I wonder how much you are worth to me then. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. I, I just, I don't have to do this anymore. And, you know, coming out of the, the um, you know, this place I was in mentally growing up and, and just always feeling so terrible about myself, I just took it. I always took it. I didn't know I didn't have to, you know. And so finding finding this, therapy and being able to really work these things out has finally come to the place where I'm like I see situations now and I just go, I don't have to do this anymore because the reality of it is the way people treat us they as women especially based on just our appearance is so extraordinarily abusive it's so extraordinarily sick mm -hmm. and I used to think of myself as being the perverted one for wanting to have sexual experiences but I'm fat and I'm ugly and I shouldn't because that's gross but I came to realize finally the perversion is in this thought process that doesn't even exist. It's smoke in the air. It's not even real. You know, that's mm -hmm. the thing. We are all being objectified and abused by something that doesn't even exist. Ain't that something? Oh, yeah. Oh, everybody, yeah. I mean, everybody has a right to say, I'm not attracted to one thing or another. We're attracted to what we're attracted to. But does that mean that everybody that doesn't qualify is suddenly uh, unworthy because you don't look good enough or whatever else? I mean, like this, that means you don't know me. 
That's all that means. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so I guess that's kind of, you know, that's where I'm getting to. But I mean, like I said, I'm not without my, not without my insecurities still. I'm like, I, I'm afraid to get out there in front of the public because people are cruel and I'm me. And I guess, you know, and it makes me want to fight. And that really, really, and I have a really hard time and I'm going to spend a lot of money on therapy having to deal with it, you know? <laughs> well, maybe we need to have you come on more often and you need to be in front of a camera. <laughs> and we can talk well, about work. it. <laughs> sure. Well, well the I, story is not over. That's right. Well, I do have one more question for you before we end our show. Knowing okay. what you know now, being in the place that you are in now, if you could go back to that little girl who was being called my little Gordita, mm -hmm. what would you tell her? Man, I've thought about this before. And um, I've really struggled to find something to tell her uh, because I can tell you how hard I haven't believed it in so long, you know? And um, I think I would tell her, keep finding another opinion until it's your own. Just keep finding another opinion. Just because they're important to you doesn't mean that they're right. I love they that. I absolutely love that. Oh, Melissa. Keep looking for another way to think about it. I'm so grateful that you came on the show today. I'm so thankful. I'm thankful I, for being here. I have thoroughly enjoyed having you on the show, being able to laugh with you. Feel like it's been, you know, forever since we talked anyways. It has so been. it's been so nice to reconnect with you. And we need to plan a time to like go for coffee or something. Yeah. I would absolutely. love that. That's it. That's it. So that is all I have for you guys today. I am going to be back live on the Rope of Hope here in about 30 minutes. Yeah, 30 minutes exactly. Um, so definitely you're going to want to tune into the Rope of Hope. I have an amazing guest coming on to share her story. And again, I will probably ugly cry during her story like I do every episode. I know there are people that tune in just to see the ugly cry. But you guys definitely tune in while I, when I have Dana on the Rope of Hope. Otherwise, I will see you next week here with another badass female. Love you guys.